0: it's a great time to be here because we're going through the entire book of Acts. Uh, We're going to be in chapter 5 today if you want to get there. But what we've been doing is going on a journey and looking how the church launched, the first church, after the resurrection of Jesus, the direction that Jesus gave uh, the church. And we're seeing all the accounts and the, the stories, and we get to look in at how the first church functioned. Now, one, thing, uh, one of the obvious things that is different is we have electricity, so they didn't have that. There was many other different things that happened because this was over 2,000 years ago uh, that the church was launched, and we get to look in. Now, remember, the book of Acts is written by Luke. Luke is a doctor. He wrote more uh, words in the New Testament than anybody else. He only wrote two books, though, the book of Luke and the book of Acts. Um, and the, the book of Acts is a historical account of what happened in the church. It's never to be the model, the, the commanded model for ministry for the church, but it does give us a model of something that we can look by. Uh, so that's what we've been doing over the past several weeks. If you haven't uh, seen all the messages, you can go to our website or go to our YouTube page and catch up, and uh, you'll be right Leading up to this moment. So thank you if you're joining with us on Facebook Live. Why don't you share this and uh, give it a like. If you've got Facebook, we want to expose as many people to the gospel as possible. So when you get home, share the video, like it, make a comment about what stuck out to you. Maybe this is going to be a terrible message and there will be nothing to comment on. But uh, that's up to the Lord. So, How many of you have ever broken the law? Raise your hand okay? I, I could ask how many of you have lied. Uh, so if you, if you broke the speed limit, then you've broken the law. If you weren't buckled up the second you pulled out onto the main highway, you broke the law uh, and that kind of stuff. So we've all broken the law. Now, how many of you have been locked up in jail for... Some, not yet. I'm not done with the question. Don't scare people. People be like, hey, we're, we're moving out of this row next week. Uh, How many of you have been locked up in jail and you did not break the law, but actually you did something morally good and helpful? Any hands up? What if I told you that I've been locked up in jail many times in my life and it was never for breaking the law? How many of you would like for me to explain now? Okay, all right, so I grew up in a a home of a North Carolina state highway patrolman. All my family on my dad's side are some form of cop. You know, either they were a sheriff or a deputy or police department or clerk of court. Somehow they were involved in the judicial system and the law of, of, and I got to grow up around that. So my first funeral that I did, half of the room was criminals and the other half of the room was cops. Because it was a family member that had passed away, and uh, all his friends were ragtag. And I looked at my uncle, who was the sheriff of Burke County at the time, and I said, I hope nobody gets locked up today. (laughs) So I grew up around this system. So you say, well, Brian, you just said that you were locked up many, many times but never broke the law. Well, my mom was also a clerk of court, so uh, when we would go to the Alexander County Courthouse... And go see my mom or if my dad was there in the sheriff's department at the time, uh, hanging out, we would go visit. And the deputies would grab me and my brother, just come and snatch us, and throw us in jail and walk off. <laughs> I've been locked up more times than most criminals. And I've never, uh, never, now, I'm, I've never been locked up for breaking the law. So, Now, we're getting ready to read an account that happened to the first church when... The apostles, they get thrown in jail for this one name. Can anybody guess what the name is? Jesus. They are speaking and telling about Jesus who walked the earth, he died, and he was resurrected to life. Many people saw this account. It was completely changing the world because it was upsetting every system in place. And that's exactly what happens when God comes into your life. He upsets every area of your life. And that's what we need. We need to upset. We need to be upset in every area. So if you're in Acts chapter 5, we're going to dig right in. We're going to start in verse 17. It says, Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put him in the public jail. So they're in jail. Because they were told not to talk about Jesus and not to say Jesus. How many of us in this room would not get locked up if this was the reason why we would get locked up? I hope our whole church gets arrested for this. If you're not willing to, then I'm not sure Jesus is Lord. But verse uh, verse 19, it says, But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Every prisoner right now in our prison system is waiting for this story to come true for them. Go and stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Uh, in the Greek right there, the full message of this new life, do you know what it literally means? If we translated, it, it means all the words of this life. You know outside of Jesus, no words in life matter. All the words of this life comes because of Jesus. And the the angel of the Lord says, opens up the prison, brings them out and says, now go and stand at the temple courts. By the way, this is the middle of the night. The temple isn't open. So they're supposed to go there and wait. And he says, tell the people the full message of this new life. So they have to wait on the people to get up and start coming to the temple courts for daily worship. And he says, tell them what the full life is. Tell them the words of this life. And it reminds me of John 1 1. Where it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. When God spoke, life came into existence, and that's why we have to speak. Verse 21 At daybreak, so the sun's up, they entered the temple courts as they had what? Been told. Don't you wish your kids right now would pay attention to this verse? As they have been told. Well, guess what? You probably need to listen to it too because your boss told you to do something. You didn't do it. As they had been told and began to teach the people. When the high priest and all his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. So everybody gets up. They're getting ready to have a meeting about these men who were uh, shaking up the world. They've been preaching about Jesus. The whole Jewish culture is being changed because of this Jesus. But verse twenty-two, on arriving at the jail—excuse me, on arriving at the jail, the officer did not find them there. Now, what if you're this officer? I'd be sending like the next jailer down the totem pole. Hey, you go tell. He did not find them there, so they went back and reported. We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, so excuses. Excuses are coming. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. So the guards are at the door. We, the jail's locked. The guards are at the door. We've done everything right, but nobody's inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard, and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Somebody's about to get in trouble. But let's talk about this. In this scene, we see the apostles get locked up for preaching Jesus. The angel in the middle of the night opens up the doors. You're actually going to see this happen three times in the book of Acts. In every situation, they react differently, But in this particular, the doors opened up and the angel gave them clear direction. Go to the temple courts and tell the people about the words of life. Tell them about Jesus. Keep doing what you're doing. The temple guards come. They notice that they're gone. They report that. And then something's getting ready to happen. I wonder why it is that this isn't the pattern of our lives today. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ... Every prison door that held you is open. And the Lord tells you to come out of the prison and to walk in. Everybody say freedom. Freedom. I think that our culture is so used to being bound that we don't know what freedom looks like. Or a little bit afraid of it. But guess what? We have the Holy Spirit to guide us within that freedom. Paul gave direction. He says don't use your freedom to indulge in sinful acts. Well, you won't if the Holy Spirit is your God. And the church is on the move. The church, the people have been opened up. When God opens the prison doors of our life and tells us to walk out, He doesn't drag us. He will say, come on out. And that's exactly what this angel does. He doesn't drag them out of prison. He gives them direction to come on out. And they do, and he guided them out. Without sleep, these men obeyed the Lord. Think about that for just a second. These guys didn't even miss church, and they were locked up in prison. Think of all the reasons they should have stayed there. If they would have been found, more than likely, that would have been the death sentence from running out of prison. They were also, most of them are vagabonds now. They live on the street sharing the gospel of Jesus. Prison may be an upgrade. They actually have a, a covered place to sleep that night. But the angel in the middle of the night, he didn't even wait till morning and let them get some rest. In the middle of the night, he said, go out, go to the temple courts. Well, it, we got excuses. Well, Lord, it's, it's night time. This isn't a good time to go out to the temple courts. Let's wait till people get there and we'll stay here. How many excuses do you have to stay in your prison that you've been set free from? I mean, you've, if you are in Christ, let's go through that. Let's just talk about the gospel. The Bible says that we've all fallen short of God's standard, which is perfection. There's not a person in Wilkes County or in this room that is good enough to have a relationship with God. You're dead in your sins. And when you die physically, you've already been dead spiritually. But if you've not been spiritually resurrected, you will exist in death forever in a place called hell. Those who trust Jesus as Lord and repent of their sin and confess Him as Lord will spend eternity in living in heaven with God. Heaven's not the prize, by the way. Jesus is. And when we walk in that, when we confess Jesus as Lord, the prison doors to every area of your life Are open. Right now people are laying in bed. That claim to be Christians. And they're laying in their bed because they had a rough night. They didn't get much sleep. How many of you have a a child under the age of two in the room? Okay. All these people that are in the room that just raised their hand have had no sleep. None. Why? Because... The kid just makes noises. And the the wife hears the noises and she wakes up the husband. And the husband goes, I did not hear anything. And then they're completely up because they have an adult discussion on whether or not you should do something about it. But yet, you're here. Some people, because of Saturday night, Satan told them they better not show their face on Sunday morning. So they sit in the prison, and they don't walk out. I wonder how easily we are kept away from gathering as a body of Christ. How many of you remember uh, just a, a couple weeks ago, or maybe it just, just last week, the uh, cyclone that hit in Africa and destroyed the big... Y'all remember that just last week? Uh, I want you to watch this clip. This is of a body of believers, a church... Who their entire building got destroyed. And I want you to see how their church service went. Look at this. Please tell them they don't have a building to do that in. Could somebody please tell them their home was probably also destroyed and they need to take care of their responsibilities. Could somebody please tell those men that they probably need to work more because their homes are destroyed and they need to take care of their responsibilities. How fickle are we? How easily do we go back into the prison of not understanding that God wants us to gather as the body and grow in faithfulness and grow in power and grow in His authority? Write this down. I need to walk out of the prison God has set me free from. What kind of prison do you tend to sit in? I'm going to read a list. Now, if I don't get your list, your name on your list, then just do like Paul and all these things: fear, insecurity, addiction, money, apathy. What kind of prison do you sit in? Depression, rebellion, drunkenness, lying, cheating. What kind of prison do you sit in? Adultery, pornography, self-righteousness, any form of sexual immorality. What kind of prison? Are you sitting in laziness, self pity, loneliness, deceiving people, bitterness, unforgiveness, gluttony, pride, hopelessness, or just a poverty spirit? What type of prison are you, do you tend to sit in, or are you currently in? If you're not walking in the freedom, And in the power of God, then you're still in the prison. Here's the crazy thing. It's a prison you've been set free from. The doors are open. All you must do is in the name of Jesus walk out. I don't think we get this in the intensity of this freedom. I don't think we fully understand exactly what God has done. In fact, some of us, we spend a lot of time sitting in our prison and decorating the walls and pretending it's a home. And we've called it the American church. We've called it morality. We've called it a principle of value. Well, you know, everybody's like this. Well, they're just teenagers. Don't ever let that come out of your mouth again, please. Because when you say they're just teenagers, you've given them an excuse. If the Holy Spirit lives inside of them, then they have the same power you do. To walk into freedom and out of the prison to turn their schools upside down. We put up decorations, curtains. We light candles and we sit in our prison and say, isn't it beautiful? No, you're still in prison. I don't care how pretty it is or how socially acceptable it is. Listen to what Paul said to the church in Romans. In Romans chapter 6 verse 5 he says, If we've been united with Him like this in His death, if, we will certainly also be united with Him in His resurrection. If you've died with Christ, guess what? You've also been raised to life with Christ. For we know that our old self was crucified. The prison doors was destroyed with Him so that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin in a prison. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Freed from prison. I hear about, uh, and just grew up seeing this, people who were repeat offenders. They got locked up and then spent 10 or 15 years in prison. And that became a lifestyle for them. And then they got set free because they had served their time. But they felt so insecure in their freedom that they just decided they want to go back home. And would commit another crime and get put back in prison. I like what Jesus said. In John eight thirty six, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You ever seen a child who is upset about something or sometimes an adult and they fold their arms like this and you say, come on, let's go. We're going to go do something fun. And they're like, no. Adults do that too. Where we don't forgive or we don't walk in uh, the life God has called us to and we just fold our arms. And we're stubborn. This is sometimes how we respond to God. God says, you don't have to take that pill anymore. You don't have to walk in that anymore. And you go, well, my life sucks. Well, this is just how, what people have done. And you fold your arms and Jesus said, No, 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 no. You've been set free. No, I like it here. You've been set free. Oh, huh? no. God opens the doors and tells us to come out to freedom and we've decided to sit with our arms folded spiritually and not walk in that. Walk in that. We'd rather stay in a muggy, damp, dark cell And that's become our security. Paul also wrote this in Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I'm a set free prisoner. Every time sin or those prison walls come around me, all I have to do is turn around and see the doors open. I mean, the reputation of Wilkes County just a few years back, number one in prescription drug deaths. You don't have to take the pill, like I said. We used to have one of the highest unemployment rates. We used to have just a huge depression over our county. Guess what? We don't have to walk in depression. Jesus has set us what? Free. Free. We're the land of the free. Guess what that comes from? It doesn't come from our patriotism. It comes from Jesus. Let's continue in Acts. Acts chapter 5. Let's pick up in verse 25. It says, Then someone came and said, so now the report's going to come, Look, the men you put in jail are standing at the temple courts teaching people. What? How are they teaching people? They're in jail. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. The apostles. They did not use force <laughs> because they still try to figure out how they got out. They did not use force because they feared that people would stone them. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. This is a big deal. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. He said, you have have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. You are, guess what? I am too. I'm guilty of the bloodshed of Jesus Christ because of my sin and you are too. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. I want you to underline that, highlight it, circle it, do whatever you got to where you hear that all week long. Because part of the men that you obey is your flesh. Your flesh will be screaming, do this instead of follow Jesus. Verse 30 says, the God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on the tree. God exalted him to to his own right hand and prince and savior that he might give repentance for the forgiveness of of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given those who obey Him. You know, people, people often re, uh, avoid saying the name of Jesus. You hear it all the time. People will talk about church, people will talk about religion, and they'll say those things. But guess what? The second you say the name Jesus Christ, and it's not a cuss word, the second you utter that out of your mouth, it changes things. How many of you would, be honest, if your boss man or the company that you work for heard you saying, Jesus Christ will forgive your sins, how many of you would probably be in an office get, having a meeting and possibly get in trouble for it? Raise your hand, be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us are going to get in trouble for the name of Jesus. Guess what? I don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to change your Bible. Because it says something. We must obey God rather than men. People like their prisons. Do you realize that? People like to be God. People don't know what freedom is like. We shouldn't be afraid to use the name Jesus. His name has power to set people free. And that's why Satan tries to use his name as a cuss word. The high priest here in verse 28, he wouldn't even say his name. He just said, you know, the name. Quit saying the name. That's why you can probably slip things in, but the second you let Jesus out of your mouth, it sets things apart. But without Jesus, then it's just another religion that means nothing. Jesus is the Savior. He's the one who set you free from your sin. A person who will obey men over God will not and is not loving and following God. With the second you obey men, you will not love God and you will not obey God. A person who will obey men will not follow God. You can see that in verse 29. Peter the Apostle says, We must obey God rather than men. Let me ask you a question. If something is legal, does it make it moral in God's eyes? Yes or no? No. There's a lot of legal things that break God's heart. And there's illegal, illegal things that make God happy. Like sharing your faith in your workplace. Brian, are you trying to stir us up and get us in trouble at work? No, I'm trying to let your work know that there's hope in Jesus. And you work there, I don't. You're not there to gather a paycheck only. You're there to be light and hope. But it does not come outside of the name of Jesus. And God has opened up the doors and He says, walk out of your prison and tell people about my name. Those who truly love God know God, and those who love God obey God. Because they said in verse 32, we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. You know there's only Holy Spirit power in your life when you're obedient to God's call? One of the most simple things that I don't know why is not more prevalently seen in the church is... If you love God, you will obey Him. It's really simple. And if you're not obeying Him, then you have a love problem. When you open up God's Word and you don't see your life reflecting that, you don't need to try harder to do better. You need to love God more because if you love Him, you will obey. Be set free from the prison of religion where you're trying to keep the rules. Or at least be seen as keeping the rules. Fall in love with Jesus and, the, and you will do what He tells you to. Because He says that. So, that. so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. The power of God in your life is only activated through obedience. Obedience is only activated through love. The love of God. Love God. You'll be obedient. Be obedient. The Holy Spirit's power will change your workplace. Change your school. Change your family. Now it might take a lifetime But guess what? You're loving God, so you're willing to go through anything to see it happen. The gospel opens prison doors. Write this down. Number two, examine my life to show who I obey. We can see that. We've got to examine our life to show who we obey. This is why we've started things like Life on Life. This is why we are constantly saying, hey, we want to impact our community. We want to do that. We want to see more and more people on mission all day long, every day for the gospel. Not so Celebration Church can be something awesome. It's so that people can hear about Jesus. Right. They're sitting in a prison that all that they need is to proclaim Jesus as Lord. And the doors come open and it has no, no longer has authority in their life. But let me tell you why a lot of people don't believe that. Because they see us in the same prison. We're sharing a cell with people that don't even know Jesus. Because we do the same types of things. When you can walk out and they say, how did you just get out? The door's locked. The guards are there. You say, well, ten years ago I gave my life to Christ and this prison door has been opened. But... Sometimes because I'm embarrassed to tell you about Jesus or I, I feel secure in this or everybody in my family does this, I just decide to sit in the prison. When the doors have been open this whole time for me. Lamentations 3.40 says this. Let us examine our lives and test them. And let us return to the Lord. Examine your life. Test it because you, it will show whom it is that you're obeying. And who it is that you are obeying is who it is that you are loving. Acts 5, let's keep going, verse 33. It says, when they heard this. When they heard them say, we can't obey men, we must obey God. They were furious and wanted to put them to death. I don't know if this will even be close to ever happening in our lifetime in Wilkes County. Where if you say the name of Jesus, you're... Your life may be on the line, publicly. I mean, they're in a public setting. They say the name of Jesus and everybody wants to kill them. And most people in this moment are agreeing. But verse 34, but a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a while. Hey, hey, hold on. Put those apostles outside the room. Just, I want to say something. Then he addressed them. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. Nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in a revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in, the, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Does anybody in Wilkes County that doesn't know Jesus feel like they're fighting against God? I mean, that sounds like a pretty big opposition. When Celebration Church is represented in this community and when we're serving the community, anybody that comes up against us, do they feel like they're fighting God? Verse 40, his speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts from house to house they shut their mouth. If we were honest that's exactly what how it should read for today. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. They didn't stop. They knew the prison door was open and they let everybody know I am free. I'm not free because of me. I'm not a good person. Jesus has set me free. I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God. God has given me everything that I don't deserve. His grace overwhelms me every day. That's why I can't shut up. So write this down. Rejoice in God's unstoppable plan. <laughs> Even if it means you get flogged. Now, I, I read over that real quick because I wanted to come back and talk about it. It says that they had... Okay, fine. Fine, Gamaliel. We'll let these men go. But You ever seen like a, somebody break up a fight and as the, the bully is getting ready to walk off... They just get one more shot in. Well, this is sort of like, okay, fine, you're right. If this is of God, we can't stop it. But just to show who we are, we have them followed. Do y'all know what that means? That wasn't a spanking with a belt. That was probably with a cat of nine tails, nine pieces of leather, and their bodies were probably torn open, all of them. And it would have taken months and months to heal. And what is their reaction? It says they rejoiced. That they could suffer for Jesus. I don't know what was in the water in the first century church. But these people were crazy. Because look around Wilkes County. Look at every church. And you see, if you even see, a hint of this rejoicing. And we don't even go through a hint of this suffering. Most of the suffering that we go through, we bring upon ourselves because of our sin. Because we don't realize that when you sow... You will reap what you have sown. And it keeps coming up in their lives. We go, why does this keep happening to me? You have been set free from prison, but you keep sowing the seeds of prison. Sometimes our churches can be full of people who can sit in seats waiting for things to fail. Instead of getting up and walking out. God doesn't fail, but men do. See, God's plan will not fail, but Celebration Church may. Because the second we step out of God's plan and we adopt our own, it will fail. Do you know that every church in the book of Revelation that you see Jesus had uh, John write letters to, do you know that not one of them exists anymore? Do you know that, I think the stat is, over a thousand churches close their doors every single day. And I think it's around like 600 churches are started every day, so the doors are closing faster than we're starting. Celebration Church, historically, will not exist forever, but the church always will. And I want in my lifetime for me to walk and us to walk as a family, as the body of Christ, in this freedom, in this power, in the name of Jesus, and rejoice in God's, because God's plan is unstoppable. Unstoppable. Now, here's the crazy thing about the church. It's full of people, and everybody thinks they know God's plan. But do you know that God did this crazy thing where he gave us leaders in the church? Here's the problem with leaders. They're they're flawed. There's not a person on staff at Celebration Church that has the name Jesus Christ. So we're asked to follow and come alongside flawed vision, flawed attempts, And come together and just pray and follow the Lord. And as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I tell you what, the pressure is on. The fear I have sometimes to sit up here and preach the word of God and not screw it up. Because I know there's like several hundred people that are constantly trying to figure out. Hey, because there's always somebody sitting in the seats waiting for it to fail. Waiting for you to screw up. There's somebody that used to go to celebration. Or used to go to another church and they're just waiting for another church to do something and screw up somewhere and they want a point. But it said day after day in the temple courts from from house to house they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news. See these men were beaten because they spoke the name of Jesus and the forgiveness of sin. And these men rejoiced. Somebody in leadership did something wrong and punished them for it, and they continued just to preach about Jesus. Listen to James 1, verses 2 and 4. (laughs) I don't know if we fully grasp what God has done for you and me, but listen to this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Let me me just... This is the half-brother of Jesus. And he says to us... You should be happy this week when you face a trial. Now, it should show on your face. It should be in your speech. But some of us, are at our wits end. We're at the last straw. We're, we're getting ready to go off the cliff into depression or into financial ruin because everything that we have in life is banked on our emotional stability or our bank account or what people say or do. But... James is saying, count it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The half-brother of Jesus, who was a martyr, he was killed For being the half brother of Jesus. But not just being the half brother of Jesus. He walked around saying. My brother is God. And he sets people free from their prisons. And gives them eternal life. But not just eternal life. But he gives the people in Wills County. The greatest life that they can have. While they're here. An eternal life with God forever. The greatest people in the world. Should be the church. And it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with the name of Jesus. Why is Celebration Church great? Because of Jesus. Why are the 300 churches in this county great? Because of Jesus. Jesus is a prisoner-freeing Savior. Oh, I want to see our county set free. But that can't happen until I look in the mirror and in every area of my life. I fall in love with Jesus and walk in the freedom that He's given me. And that can't happen unless we do it. And that can't happen unless we quit Moping about the trial that we face and we go, all right, man, this day has already started off with great joy. I've got a flat tire. Oh, Lord, I can't wait to see what you do through this. Nobody does this, but we've been told to because our perspective is on the circumstance instead of the Savior. I mean, nobody's been hung nude on a cross with their body filleted open and died for the sins of anybody but Jesus. And this is how <laughs> these disciples, for just saying Jesus loves you, Jesus is the freedom from sin, they get locked up and then they get set free. And some dude steps in and says, "Don't hey, don't just let these guys go. If this is of God, you won't be able to stop it. But if it's not of God," It'll stop in just a few weeks. Somebody else will come along. Something else. If is of man, it'll break down. And they said, fine, we'll let him go. But let's beat him first. And then the disciples walk out. Just going, man. Oh, 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 I can't believe oh, 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 We just got beat near to death because of our Savior. How can we be just put in place to be honored so much. Man, if I if I say something about Jesus, the liberals are going to go crazy. If I say something about Jesus, then my friend who's struggling with their identity in some way, they might think I'm one of those Bible thumpers. If I say something about Jesus, then my teacher may change all my grades. If I say something about Jesus, then my boss man may fire me. I believe there's a man in this room that Satan came up against and attacked and they recently lost their job because they were sowing the seeds of Jesus at their work so big that Satan knew he had to take them out. But guess what? You can move a man out of a job and that doesn't stop the voice of Jesus in his life. Amen. I'm so proud of this man that, that he would just keep plugging away and keep hitting all kinds of walls. And I, I saw him go through all kinds of persecution and he just, he just said, just keep praying for me. I think we're that close with that guy. I think he's getting ready to meet Jesus. And he just keeps plugging away. And I'm so inspired by stories like that in a church-like celebration that we will not stay in the prison. We go, hey, the door's open. I'm walking out. Anybody coming? You want to come? Well, Jesus is the answer. Your door will open. We share with our prison mates just all the way down the line. Hey, the way you get that door open is you turn to Jesus. And you give your life fully to Him. And then we walk in that and we continue to open the prison cells of people that we love. How unstoppable is God's plan and how will we be a part of that plan? What are you willing to go through for the people of this county, the people of this church, the people in your family? I mean, some of you have been going through a very tough season. Count it joy. I mean, change your perspective. Just that alone will bring people to Christ. What's wrong with you? You've had a really rough time and you just went through a miscarriage man your spouse just walked straight out on you and you couldn't do anything about it you tried to reconcile man your kids are wayward what are people going to think you say you love Jesus and your kids are wayward well count it joy that when they come back to the Lord he's going to get all the glory and the victory and he's going to get it before and he's going to get it after and he's going to get it during your spouse's heart is hardened towards God guess what Count a joy that you can intercede for your spouse. Your school is pagan and they care nothing about Jesus. Count it joy that when you walk on your campus, your light is so bright that it blinds people. And they're going to point and they're going to go, look at you, you're just one of them. You go, yes I am. They make fun of you, and you go, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that words. Guess what? I hadn't saw in my uh, 20 years of ministry anybody get flogged. And then even if that happens to us, in the power of God, we can still rejoice. Everybody say this, unless you don't say this in your house. Everybody say, suck it up. Because on the cross, Jesus sucked up all the sin so that you could walk in that freedom. Don't be locked in prison this week here in just a few minutes we're going to just a minute we're going to take our next step and our next step is this commit to God's unstoppable plan we're going to do this a little bit different today and the way that we're going to do that is we're going to come to the lord's table together